Hi, and welcome to the Sales Enablement Pro Podcast. I am Shauna Samawang. Sales enablement is a constantly evolving space, and we're here to help professionals stay up to date on the latest trends and best practices so they can be more effective in their jobs. Joining us today is Christopher Kingman, the Director of International Sales Enablement for TransUnion. Chris has extensive sales enablement experience in training and mentoring and increasing seller efficiency and effectiveness, as well as problem solving to increase sales productivity. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the podcast. So we'll just start at the top, and as things come up along the way, we can take some detours, but we really wanted to start at the beginning. Obviously, we're seeing increased visibility in the need for sales enablement. Do you see this momentum continuing, and where do you see things going in the future for this discipline? Sure. So um, I totally agree with that um, sort of statement. And I think a lot of organizations are in this um, wait and see stance, right? Um, they know, they, they've heard the terms now. It's, it's kind of bubbling up, but a lot of people just don't really, they don't know what it is. They don't know what it is and it isn't. Um, you know, some of the sort of the standard arguments of, isn't that sales training? Well, don't you mean sales operations? Um, are still really lingering. And, and I think enablement hasn't fully emerged um, with its own voice, its own stance. And, and it draws upon so many sales-related disciplines um, that I think people are, are they're gravitating towards it. I think there's a general feeling of, I, I know I need this thing, but I don't necessarily know how or what aspect I need. Um, but I, I think this the necessity and the visibility is only going to increase. Um, I think companies like High Spot and, and other organizations that are really putting a spotlight on it and saying, "Hey, you need this, and here's why." And, and organizations that have adopted this have been able to achieve X, Y, Z is only going to push this argument further um, to where it gets to the point where you know no one's ever going to debate you on whether you need a marketing function. Right. No one, no one will ever say, oh, I don't need a marketing. My product sells itself. No, um, I think enablement is, is going to get there and it's going to get there sooner than later um, just because of social media, um, just because, you know, people are switching jobs more now than ever. The availability of jobs at some point, someone's going to walk into an organization. They're going to read something or, or they're going to say, you know, who runs sales enablement here? Um, and it's going to spur that conversation or that level of research. Um, and I think it's just going to continue to evolve. Um, like I mentioned in the Forrester speech, I think the word sales in front of enablement is limiting in its own. And um, whether you want to call it organizational uh, enablement or revenue enablement, it doesn't matter. Um, but I think the, the discipline itself will evolve into sort of, um, sort of just this conduit between all functions, right? And I like to think of it as... Um, you know, it, it's just somebody whose sole responsibility is to remove roadblocks, bring everybody to the table, um, get problems out of the way, get everybody sort of running towards the same goal. And, and every organization has the same goal, and that's revenue. And I think that's where it's going to go. Um, the great thing about enablement is it kind of doesn't matter where you start, right, as long as you do start. And I think that's what a lot of organizations are going to see. I think a lot of the content is going to kind of point that way. Instead of saying, well, you have to do this, you have to do that. Um, more and more um, anecdotal stuff that I read or, or what people publish will say, you know, we started with sales support and then we branched to this, or we had sales training and then we looked at this, or we had somebody from sales work with marketing to do this. All of it is good and, it, and it's all the same and it's all 
it all reinforces the value that enablement brings. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, the next question I think is really important for a lot of sales enablement practitioners, um, particularly the ones that might just be getting started or might have been brought in um, maybe to fix some of the kind of smaller or more immediate issues. Um, but what advice do you have for sales enablement practitioners or professionals who are trying to seek executive buy-in? Um, so when you start out, and to your point, you know, they maybe they came in to fix something. Focus on quick, tactical, and cheap wins. Um, and when I say cheap wins or, or, or any of these, revenue uh, obviously speaks for itself, right? But um, maybe a morale win is a big win in some places. Maybe your CRM is just not that well put together, structured. You came in to fix it. Um, that can pay dividends in terms of adoption, usage, data accuracy, et cetera. And so the ability for someone to come in and make a process or a piece of technology or even change the mindsets of people is really a quick, easy win to get people behind them um, as an enablement professional to, to show that you're there to fix problems or you're there to make their job easier. That goes a lot farther than, say, putting a stake in the ground and say, I represent the CRM or I'm in char charge of support. Um, I think people that are getting started in enablement come in with the mindset of I'm here to make sales happen. I'm here to help sales resonates a lot better with their audience, their stakeholders, et cetera. And as you stack up these quick, cheap, tactical wins, some of those lead to um, either access to larger challenges, funding for larger challenges, um, access to cr cross departmental challenges. And all these quick little wins can stack up to one big win, um, you know, trying to smash it, uh, a home run out the gate. It's not a successful strategy. You know, you could spend 18 months trying to fix something, but sort of tidying up all these little things to get people behind you, to get, get them to understand what you're there to do will sort of lean, will, will aid in getting you that buy-in for more and more challenging concepts and goals. Excellent. That's excellent advice. Um, and the, the follow-on question to that is, you know, obviously once they've achieved buy-in, then what are their steps to making sure that they establish a really successful sales enablement function within their organization? So a lot of those um, articles that you can find online of like how to do sales enablement, some of the books out there, they all say create a charter or a mission. And I totally agree with those. Um, even just a mission statement of what, what is this team about or what is this function about? Um, it really helps you sort of anchor yourself to something. Because if, if you don't say, here's what I'm here to do, you're open to being here to do everything. And I think that can sort of distract or water down, you know, an enablement function of the, the jack of all trades. And although I think a good enablement function is that at the onset, you can get lost very quickly in, in that process. Um, so once you, you sort of have this buy-in is ground yourself in a charter or uh, a mission statement, then define goals. And that's sort of stuff that you can anchor into. If you can tie these goals to ROI even better, um, it's very challenging from an enablement perspective to say, if I clean up our support process or if I make this, the CRM interface easier to use, that results in X dollars. It's hard um, to really quantify that. You can kind of figure out average time of use down to a dollar and get very technical if you want. But just goals that show progress are really great to, to define, put them out there. And that way, not only can you hold yourself accountable, but, you know, if you're the stakeholder, you're, you're a sales executive, I can hand those goals to you and say, this is what I'm going to go do for you. Um, really resonates with your people, right? They know that you're on their team. You're fighting for them. Um, 
and it, it really promotes accountability and trust. And, you know, it, it's the way, again, like I said, to sort of go from small victories to big victories. And then the third thing is establish a reporting and a communication cadence. Create a template, however you want it to look, and put it out every whatever month, day, doesn't matter. But so everybody knows where you stand with what you're doing and what's up. So there's, there's never any ambiguity. I think a lot of, um, a lot of friction in corporate America comes from, you know, I don't know what you do. I don't know what you're doing over there. You know, you don't report to me. I know you sit in XYZ department, but never interacted with you. This sort of squashes that and says, oh, well, you know what? Here's our, here's our mission statement. Here's our charter. Here's our goals. Here's how we're progressing you know, monthly tracker, weekly tracker, whatever. And, um, you know, you have this question uh, about sort of defending your seat at the table just makes it that much easier to, to say that, you know, we're anchored, we're structured, we're grounded, we've got goals and we're, here's how we're progressing towards them. Yeah. I mean, to, to that point, um, as you just mentioned, and as you also mentioned, um, when you spoke at Forrester, um, kind of part of the job of sales enablement is defending that seat at the table or getting that seat at the table. And um, how, how do you do this as a sales enablement professional if you, if you don't currently? So um, it goes back to sort of, you know, defining about who you are as a team or as an individual function, what goals you're striving to do, because you need to build the trust and accountability because you come to the table and executive, somebody that oversees budgets, you're a line item until they understand your value. Um, and some people just won't ever get the value. They won't ever get ROI. It's more of a OPEX, right? You know, it, it's a cost doom business. We have to have this. Um, I think cutting through ambiguity around what you do is really a great way to sort of make it to when you have to explain what you do or somebody has to explain what you do to somebody else. It, not a lot is lost in that. Well, you know what? I don't really know. Um, and when I said that, you know, I've had to sort of, sort of defend my seat at the table. Um, I've always used enablement as an excuse to sort of break those silos to get cross departmental issues or functions or people who have always, you know, um, had had their way or ran their department and never had to sort of operate outside of their silo and. I've used it as an excuse to get them to the table and sort of, you know, uh, I hate the expression, well, we've always done it this way. Um, you know, that's, that's a direct indication. This is probably something we should go look at. And, um, you know, I just use that as an approach or, or, you know, when someone says, well, why do we need sales enablement? The reason is nobody's, no one's ever challenged this department, this function, or, or all of these people to work together closer. You've got, you know, all of these processes are broken. All of this stuff is broken. We're here to fix these processes. We're an internal third-party consultant, right? Worked for organizations that spend a lot of money hiring consulting firms to do the same thing. We're here to do it internally. We know the processes better. We know the products. We know the people, the culture, everything. It's what we're here to do. Um, and, you know, when you talk about defending yourself, it, it's all about sort of that cohesive approach to revenue attainment. Um, an outsider cannot come into your organization and say, okay, everybody, you now have to work together. It doesn't work, right? It doesn't click. And so when an insider does it, so it's just a really great way to, you know, it secures your position there. This person is here to make sure that, you know, these problems go away versus, 
it's just an operating expense. Yep, that makes a ton of sense. Um, and I think there's also, as you mentioned, the impact on revenue that sales enablement has. Um, well, I don't want to talk necessarily about specific solutions. I am curious, in terms of a sales tech stack, um, what categories of tools do you think um, are necessary for a sales enablement um, function to have in order to measure the impact that they have on revenue? So uh, I'll skip over CRM, right? That's I, I guarantee that's the answer. Your enablement team should be heavy-handedly involved. I will say that the enablement team's impact should be in ensuring it's a positive, non-intrusive, uh, positive, positive non-intrusive end-user experience, right? Make it easy to use because it's just so easy for a seller to push back on a CRM. Um, after that, any sort of tool that will help you understand what they're doing with their time. I love call prioritization software or tools that says, call this group of like-minded, or this group of people, then this group of people, then this group of people. You typically get, out of every 10 phone calls, you get maybe two people on the phone. Um, this is what I saw in, in the last um, inside sales organization I was heavily involved in. So it's not necessarily about prioritizing those two people. It's about expediting the eight other people you don't talk to and getting through that uh, call volume quicker, faster, more effectively. Then on top of that, um, I love scheduling tools that allow our customers to say when they want to interact with us. It's so much easier. It's such a non-intrusive process because um, no one no one wants to go back and forth in emails, look at their calendars, set the stuff up. It's, you know what, I'm free, click, we're good. Um, I love software that does that. I love when, when vendors say, you know, let me know when you're ready, here's my calendar, bam, good to go. Um, after that, of course, content management platforms, right? Um, if you can get to the level of sophistication where you have it and you actually have good content or you produce it, um, I do believe that the right piece of content at the right time can tip the scales, right? Um, or it can more or less sway opinions of the people, not your internal champion, not the person that is 100% gung-ho, but for the CFO and or the, you know, the procurement person of like, here's why we need this. Read this. This is justification. I'm, I'm not going to explain it to you. We're not going to drag you into the process. Um, it's for those ancillary buyers, I think is, it's really important. And then if you, if you can go all the way down the stack, then a call analyzing tool that'll analyze tone, words, phrases, um, inflection, sentiment, all of those things really prioritizes what calls you should listen to for training purposes. I've found by and far, it is the greatest training tool, um, aside from the same thing for video is just playing calls back immediately for people and saying, well, you know, what do you think? How did this go? Um, stuff like that blows my mind. It blows sellers' minds. They, well, one, they absolutely hate hearing themselves on the phone, but two, um, it goes really far because it's so immediate. It puts them right back into the situation, right? Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just like the ride-along, but it's not the ride-along. It's the real deal. It's the real sale. You know, they, they know what's happening. They know it's getting recorded, but they never kind of go back and say, oh, that's right. They have the ability to um, listen to my calls and coach me on it. And it just, it makes such a great difference. We are able to upscale people so much more effectively and quicker. 
Thanks for listening. For more insights, tips, and expertise from sales enablement leaders, visit salesenablement.pro. If there's something you'd like to share or a topic you want to know more about, let us know. We'd love to hear from you.